Dads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Much evil will come upon us, so my children. See, Ophenris here is a cord so soft and thin that none would think of finding such strength as thine. Well, I know you, Asus. For if you bind me so fast that I cannot get loose, you will skulk away, and it will be long before I get any help from you. Greetings, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Guardian of the Written Word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us and a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode and especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five bucks a month. Today, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas as we continue with the Northern Saga, how the Fenris Wolf was chained. But before we get to the story, Lost and Found Words! Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is kindred with a K, kindred. This is one's family and relations. You could also say relatives, one's own flesh and blood. Red Loki was always bringing trouble upon his kindred or clan. Our next word today is lol with an L, lol. This means to sit, lie, or stand in a lazy, relaxed way. One of Loki's children is described as a wicked-looking serpent with a fiery red tongue lolling or hanging relaxed from its mouth. Our next word today is brood with a B, brood. This is a family of young animals, especially of a bird or an animal that hatches from an egg. You could also say offspring, litter, or young. Odin warns his fellow gods that Loki's brood or offspring, especially the serpent, will bring much evil upon them. Our next word today is asunder with an A, asunder. This means apart or divided. The gods challenge the Fenris wolf to break his chains asunder or apart. Our next word is asconce with an A, asconce. This means having an attitude or look of suspicion or disapproval. You could also say mistrustfully, doubtfully, or dubiously. The Fenris wolf looked at the gods asconce or doubtfully when they wanted to bind him with a thicker chain. And our last word today is renown with an R, renown. This is the condition of being known or talked about by many people. You could also say fame, prestige, or celebrity. The Fenris wolf thinks the new thin rope the gods wish to bind him with is too weak to bring him renown or fame. 
That's all for today's Lost and Found Words. Now on to the show. The giant wolf named Fenrir, or Fenris, is the son of Loki and the giant woman Angerboda. Fenris is famous for the manner in which he was locked up. Since he was born in Asgard, the realm of the gods, meant that the gods could not simply kill him. So the gods devise a plan to lock him up in chains, but no chain was strong enough to hold the mighty beast. The wolf broke out of every chain the gods brought forward. Finally, the gods went to the dwarves and asked them to make a chain that could bind the wolf. Since the wolf could break any chain known to the gods, the dwarves had to make a chain out of things that didn't exist, like women's beards, fish breath, and bear sinews. Once they had done so, the gods brought this chain to Fenris, but he was suspicious. Would this chain, devised by the dwarves, be strong enough to bind the mighty Fenris wolf? We'll find out on today's Junior Classic. This is the tale the Northmen tell of how the Fenris wolf was chained. restless of all was Red Loki, that cunning fellow who was always bringing trouble upon himself or upon his kindred. And because he loved evil, he would often betake himself to the gloomy halls of Giantland and mingle with the wicked folk of that region. Now one day, he met a hideous giantess named Anger Boda. This creature had a heart of ice. And because he loved ugliness and evil, she had a great attraction for him. And in the end, he married her, and they lived together in a horrible cave in Giant Land. Three children were born to Loki and Angerboda in this dread abode, and they were even more terrible in appearance than their mother. The first was an immense wolf called Fenris, with a huge mouth filled with long white teeth which he was constantly gnashing together. The second was a wicked-looking serpent with a fiery red tongue lolling from its mouth. The third was a hideous giantess, partly blue and partly flesh color, whose name was Hela. No sooner were all these three terrible children born than all the wise men of the earth began to foretell the misery they would bring upon the Asa folk. In vain did Loki try to keep them hidden within the cave wherein their mother dwelt. They soon grew so immense in size that no dwelling would contain them, and all the world began to talk of their frightful appearance. It was not long before Allfather Odin, from his high seat in Asgard, heard of the children of Loki. He said to the Asas, 
Much evil will come upon us, O my children, from these giant brood, if we defend not ourselves against them. For their mother will teach them wickedness, and still more quickly will they learn the cunning wiles of their father. Fetch me them here, therefore, that I may deal with them forthwith. So after somewhat of a struggle, the Asas captured the three giant children and brought them before Odin's judgment seat. Then Odin looked first at Hela, and when he saw her gloomy eyes, full of misery and despair, he was sorry, and dealt kindly with her, saying, Thou art the bringer of pain to man, and Asgard is no place for such as thou. But I will make thee ruler of the mist home, and there thou shalt rule over the unlighted world the region of the dead. Forthwith, he sent her away over rough roads to the cold, dark region of the north, called the Mist Home. And there did Hela rule over a grim crew. For all those who had done wickedness in the world above were imprisoned by her in those gloomy regions. To her came also those who had died not on the battlefield, but of old age or disease. And though these were treated kindly enough, theirs was a joyous life in comparison with that of the dead warriors who were feasting and fighting in the halls of Valhalla, under the kindly rule of All-Father Odin. Having thus disposed of Hela, Odin next turned his attention to the serpent. And when he saw his evil tongue and cunning wicked eyes, he said, Thou art he who bringeth sin into the world of men. Therefore the ocean shall be thy home forever. Then he threw that horrid serpent into the deep sea which surrounds all lands. And there the creature grew so fast that when he stretched himself one day, he encircled all the earth and held his own tail fast in his mouth. And sometimes he grew angry to think that he, the son of a god, had thus been cast out and at those times he would writhe with his huge body and lash his tail till the sea sprouted up to the sky. And when that happened, the men of the north said that a great tempest was raging, but it was only the serpent, son of Loki, writhing in his wrath. And then Odin turned to the third child, and behold, the Fenris wolf was so appalling to look upon that Odin feared to cast him forth, and he decided to endeavor to tame him by kindness, so that he should not wish them ill. But when he bade them carry food to the Fenris wolf, not one of the Asas would do so, for they feared a snap from his great jaws. Only the brave Tyr had courage enough to feed him, and the wolf ate so much and so fast that the business took him all his time. Meantime, too, the Fenris grew so rapidly and became so fierce that the gods were compelled to take counsel and consider how they should get rid of him. They remembered that it would make their peaceful halls unholy if they were to slay him, and so they resolved instead to bind him fast that he should be unable to do them harm. 
So those of the Asa folk who were clever smiths set to work and made a very strong, thick chain. And when it was finished, they carried it out to the yard where the wolf dwelt and said to him as though in jest, Here's a fine proof of thy boasted strength, O Fenris. Let us bind this chain about thee that we may see if thou can break it asunder. Then the wolf gave a great grin with his wide jaws and came and stood still that they might bind the chain about him, for he knew what he could do. And it came to pass that directly they had fastened the chain and had slipped aside from him, the great beast gave himself a shake and the chain fell about him in little bits. At this, the Asas were much annoyed, but they tried not to show it and praised him for his strength. Then they set to work again upon a chain much stronger than the last and brought it to the Fenris wolf, saying, Great will be thy renown, O Fenris, if thou canst break this chain as thou didst the last. But the wolf looked at them askance, for the chain they had brought was much thicker than one he had already broken. He reflected, however, that he himself had grown stronger and bigger, and moreover, that one must risk something in order to win renown. So he let them put the chain upon him, and when the Asa said that all was ready, he gave a good shake and stretched himself a few times. And again, the fetters lay in fragments on the ground. Then the gods began to fear that they would never hold the wolf in bonds. And it was all Father Odin who persuaded them to make one more attempt. So they sent a messenger to Dwarfland, bidding him to ask the little men to make a chain which nothing could possibly destroy. Setting at once to work, the clever little smiths soon fashioned a slender silken rope and gave it to the messenger, saying that no strength could break it and that the more it was strained, the stronger it would become. It was made of the most mysterious things, the sound of a cat's footsteps, the roots of a mountain, the sinews of a bear, the breath of fishes, and other such strange materials which only the dwarfs knew how to use. With this chain, the messenger hastened back over the Rainbow Bridge to Asgard. By this time, the Fenris Wolf had grown too big for his yard, so he lived on a rocky island in the middle of the lake that lies in the midst of Asgard. And here the Asas now betook themselves with their chain and began to play their part with wily words. See, O Fenris, here is a cord so soft and thin that none would think of binding such strength as thine. And they laughed great laughs and handed it to one another and tried its strength by pulling at it with all their might, but it did not break. Then they came nearer and used more wiles, saying, We cannot break the cord, for it is stronger than it looks, but thou, O mighty one, will be able to snap it in a moment. But the wolf tossed his head in scorn and said, 
Small renown would there be to me, O folk, if I were to break yon slender string. Save therefore your breath, and leave me now alone. <laughs> thou fearest the might of the silken cord, thou false one, and that is why thou wilt not let us bind thee. Not I, said the Fenris wolf, growing rather suspicious. But if it is made with craft and guile, it shall never come near my feet. But thou will surely be able to break this silken cord with ease, since thou hast already broken the great iron fetters. To this, the wolf made no answer, pretending not to hear. Come. Why shouldst thou fear? Even if thou could not break the cord, we would immediately let thee free again. To refuse is a coward's piece of work. Then the wolf gnashed his teeth at them in anger and said, Well, I know you, Asus. For if you bind me so fast that I cannot get loose, you will skulk away, and it will be long before I get any help from you, and therefore I am loath to let this ban be laid upon me. But still the asses continued to persuade him, and to twit him with cowardice, until at length the Fenris wolf said with a sullen growl, <sighs> Have it your own way, then. But, as a pledge that this is done without deceit, let one of you lay his hand in my mouth while you are binding me, and afterwards while I try to break the bonds. Then the Asa looked at one another in dismay, for they knew very well what this would mean. And while they consulted together, the wolf stood gnashing his teeth at them with a horrid grin. At length, Tyr the Brave hesitated no longer, Boldly, he stalked up to the wolf and thrust his arm into his enormous mouth, bidding the Asas bind fast the beast. Scarce had they done so when the wolf began to strain and pull, but the more he did so, the tighter and stiffer the rope became. The gods shouted and laughed with glee when they saw how all his efforts were in vain. But Tyr did not join them in their mirth, for the wolf in his rage snapped his great teeth together and bit off his hand at the wrist. Now when the Asas discovered that the animal was bound fast, they took the chain, which was fixed to the rope, and drew it through a huge rock, and fastened this rope deep down in the earth so that it could never be moved. And this they fastened to another great rock, which was driven still deeper into the ground. When the Fenris wolf found that he had been thus secured, he opened his mouth terribly wide, and twisted himself right and left, and tried his best to bite the Asa folk. He uttered, moreover, such terrible howls that at length the gods could bear it no longer. So they took a sword and thrust it into his mouth, so that the hilt rested on his lower and the point against his upper jaw. And there he was doomed to remain until the end of all things shall come, when he, freed from the chain, shall range the earth. The end. I 
hope you enjoyed the story today. I can't believe this marks over three years of the Junior Classics Podcast. Thank you to all my listeners and supporters, and we'll see you in 2023. Until then, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to Junior Classics Podcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the Junior Classics.